Hannah, it's time for us to yeah. go. This is Hannah. This this is Hannah. Did you leave in a rush? It's really nice to meet you, Hannah. Hi. Wow, so you know what you have on your hands here, right? You know, you know that you have an off-the-wagon Neanderthal sex addict sociopath who's gonna fuck you like he's never met you and like he doesn't love his own mother? His own mother. And then you're gonna turn around and cry because that's what you do. Does he like to eat you out from behind? Does he bite your neck? Does he sound like a dying dog when he's fucking you and he shoots his cum all over the place oh, like it's goddamn confetti? No, no, fucking in better, my hair. I got this. a goddamn blowout after this, I left okay? you. You know what, you're right, let's just get out of here. Yeah. You know what, yeah, I hope you too. You should just enjoy your urine-soaked life fucking like the two feral animals that you both are. You're gonna end up with a baby that you don't know how to care for. You're gonna fucking kill your kid. It's gonna die. You're gonna give it spoiled Death. formula. You're Gross. not gonna get any milk out of those tits. I just hope that you two enjoy the fucking life that you've chosen and we, we're not paying the check. Thanks. And we're not paying the check. Thanks. It's on the house. Hello and welcome back for season three of Girls Girls, your weekly recap podcast discussing the HBO show Girls. I'm Rourke, back with Sarah Beth for season three, which not a great start. <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I I did read, so I I I Googled these to understand like their airing in real time and like when this aired and whatnot. And these were aired like back to these were aired on one night episodes one and two as like a dual like a premiere duo, Um, which makes that makes so much sense because I feel like it really is one. I completely agree in terms of like a story arc. You need both episodes. Yeah. I mean, it even ends on like a cliffhanger, right? Like the phone call. Yeah. And the can we rent a car? (laughs) yeah oh my god so um do we want do you want to talk about them separately or together yeah let's talk about them separately so okay the episode title for season three episode one is females only how would you describe this episode it's amazing what medication can accomplish (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um that's really funny i would say it's hard. It is hard to separate them. Obviously, the second one is really governed by the road trip. But I would mm-hmm. say, like, this is like the it's like the first third of a heist movie where you're kind of like getting everybody back together. Where yeah, let's get the gang all back together for exactly. one last job. Yeah. yeah, where you're kind of like meeting them separately at first, and then there's some sort of call to action that like brings them together. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so we're li- we're getting the girls back together. The first episode is has the same classic opening of the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. The pan up Hannah spooning in bed each time with a different partner and now she's with Adam, which reveals that they've stayed together since the sa- the moment he, you know, whisked her away in yeah. like, the finale of season 2. Adam is like a little you know, asylum warden having Hannah mm-hmm. take her pills um, and gives her orange. The juice. inmates are running the asylum in this case. Completely. And Marnie wakes up on a couch with, which I guess we learn later is that like of her mom's place. 
Is that the yeah. idea? It's okay. like childhood bedding that her mom just like never replaced. Yeah. Shoshana is like on her sexy hookup journey. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about like the lobotomy that Shoshana has received. This, she is acting crazy. Crazy. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's like when, um, I feel like when you watch early Friends seasons, Monica's neuroses about cleaning is a part of her personality, but it's not her whole personality. Mm-hmm. And then the by the time you get to the last season, she's this like cleaning crazed freak who can't be a human. And I feel like that's what's happening with Shoshana, where the quirky, very childish ethos, let's say for lack of a better word, They've just leaned into it to such a degree that now she's a total caricature. Yeah, it's really absurd. And I think it comes through more in the second episode that we'll talk about. But in probably in my so oh, and then we see Jessa in sort of a drab outfit attempting to clean a plate, which she gives up on and just throws it away. Um, And we don't at that moment know where she is. Yeah, it could be anywhere. It frankly could be prison. So then we cut to Grumpy's. And I think this is probably, like, my favorite scene of the episode. Mm -hmm. I think it's so funny. In a funny way is both, it is both cringe and also kind of wish fulfillment-y. It almost is a version of, obviously different because of the, it's about a breakup, not kind of, like, getting together. But, like, it's a version of, I'm breezy. Where we always we have yeah. this vision of what it would be like to confront an ex that jilted us. Uh-huh. And yeah. the reality is it's like probably Ill- as ill-advised as this is. Yeah. I feel that it would have been breezy had she not had that moment where she saw she clocked that Hannah was that girl. Mm-hmm. And then she thought, WTF, I'm hotter than this girl. And then it it just a flip switched. It was you could see it, and then the nastiness came out. And yes. yeah, I do think it was about looks, right? Like she has that reaction about Hannah. Completely. Only when she sees Hannah, then you can see that happen. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I love the wish fulfillment aspect of it. Like everyone's had someone ghost them. And to just be like saying every single nasty thing that's in your head to the person's face is amazing. Yeah. It's I very mean, not good, but no, it's very like unleashing the group text. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think so. I mean, Amy Schumer is super funny saying, look what you did to her. And Hannah says, she looks good to me. Very pretty. <laughs> and then, you know, escalates to lying that she's pregnant. Amazing. And she finally confesses, you know, no, she, she's not whatever. And Amy Schumer's like, but you could be. <laughs> okay. It's true. Like, sure. (laughs) And that's when Adam says, Hannah, I think we should leave or, you know, something like that. And in a incredible line that I definitely would like, like, love to have the balls to steal in terms of like, I think this is an exceptional insult. Did you leave in a rush? (laughs) Oh, Uh, my God. It's so good. That is an amazing comeback. It is. Like, to like, like, that's such a good, like, to, you know. If you ran into like your nemesis, like at a party or something to say to them, like, oh, hi, like, did you leave in a rush? So good. <laughs> uh, it's very like, like, bless oh, your heart. Did you just come from the gym? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And to your point, that is exactly when Natalia spirals and says like a lot of crazy shit about how Adam treated her. And she's not wrong about a lot of it. Like he did things that he didn't really have, like, I would say, enthusiastic consent for. And and it sounds like he just ghosts her after they've been like together for a bit. Yes, I agree. That is what it sounded like. I think it is funny how Amy Schumer then switches it up and is like, we're in public. You're better than this. <laughs> Where at first Amy Schumer was very willing to like be the one, you know, shitting oh, yeah. on him and leading the charge. And now, now it's too much. Scale it back, scale it yeah. back, bring it, bring it back. Yeah, yeah. In an interesting foreshadowing, which I highly doubt was purposeful. I mean, you recall how like the show ends, right? Mm-hmm. Natalia says, you're going to end up with a baby you don't know how to care for. She puts a hex on her. Yeah, right? Yeah. You know, you. it wouldn't surprise me if that kind of ending stays with Lena Dunham, like from the beginning to the end, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it could be just a little bit of foreshadowing. It's not like most people at the time would remember that, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I definitely didn't remember this. I definitely remember this. I definitely remember this episode. And like, I, I very much remember the like Jessa rehab stuff. And Mm -hmm. I remember the, I totally remember watching like the road trip. So anyway, so we go to, um, we go to Marnie and like I said, we're sort of setting the table just for like, where is everybody Mm -hmm. to start the season? Like how is like, what's the latest? Let's put them in their place. And I actually feel like a little bit bad for the creative direction that Allison Williams and Lena Dunham had to like go in with Marnie because of Christopher Abbott quitting. I wish he were there for one more episode so we can see his disappearing act. I think that would have been a lot better story-wise. Yeah, and I I agree with you. And not like I just hate that it puts like if we call back all the way to season one, Marnie was like the one person who like really had a job, like a paying job in a artistic like industry that she was trying mm-hmm. to be in. And mm-hmm. Like, we've really, like, lost that character, and I Mm -hmm. do feel, like, bad for, like I said, I feel bad for, like, Allison Williams as, like, being kind of stuck on this carousel of dealing with, like, Charlie as the center of her kind of character's universe. And, like, her pining, it's like, let's, like, move the fuck on. Yeah. But like I said, they do have to, like, deal with it. We're all Rita Wilson screaming at her forget him he's only the first of many like male disappointments thank you i actually love that line because like that's fucking true <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. so sad but it's true where I like know. i do think there's a lot of like secondary characters delivering truth bombs mm-hmm. and this is one of them i think and then i think another one comes from that british guy to jessa that i yeah want to talk about And I have gotten to a place with a friend that after a breakup, I told her, like, you need to start paying somebody to listen to you. I am done. Like, Mm. I I cannot talk about this man anymore. And like, it is like crazy making. And like, you do want to shake them and be like, people get broken up with. It's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And like, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to fucking move on. And you either need to start paying me or shut the fuck up. And like, I, you know, totally. I said it like gently. I'm I'm being silly now, but I said it, you know, gently. And she actually did get a therapist and really enjoyed the experience. And it was super helpful. But I think, you know, Marnie's mom has a lot of problems, but I agree with her here. (laughs) 
having your own issues that are highly problematic doesn't preclude you from giving great advice. Yes, I totally agree with you. And so she, Marnie claims that she's got everything figured out. She's got a job in the city where she's respected, which we find out is Grumpy's, which is fine. Oh my God. I'm glad she's doing job. I laughed out loud when I saw that. Yeah. She has friends. She's fixed everything. She definitely has not. Shows we learn th- at the dinner party is doing half her nights are like sexy nights out and half her nights are like of academic prowess. But as mm-hmm. we see, her academic prowess is like falling asleep, hungover in the library. In the library. Yeah. So I'm a little worried for her. I guess everyone, you know, gets their moments in college. At least she's like living a college experience before she was living this weird, like very alone, removed experience. No, I do totally. I do agree with that. I guess I just always like get concerned and like it's it, you know, it's fun not to like jump totally ahead. We'll talk about it next episode. But like, you know, Hannah's conversation to her about like being in school. And so I do think that like Shosh does sort of want it, you, you know, despite what she said to Ray, like Shosh, I think, does want it a little bit both ways where she wants to be young and have this school experience, but then also be this like gallivanting adult that has like the income and freedom of like somebody who makes a good salary at a certain point in their career. So now we learn that Jessa is in rehab and she has this sort of, you know, in we meet this sort of ragtag bunch in her therapy or in her group therapy. I like that this guy Kelvin describes his uh, block in New York as a Fellini movie that you'd actually want to (laughs) watch. It's a tough indictment of Fellini. I know. Like I said, I think that these little characters exist, I think, to really like highlight how kind of like bullshit Jessa is. And the problem is, I don't think, I don't know like what it'll take for her to ingest any of that feedback. No, she's not receptive to it. No. Although you, the fact that she checked herself into rehab and presumably she is staying clean off of bad influences. So I think, you know, she's ready to make a change, but this is not the type of venue that's going to help her. Yeah. And I think that there's a question, you know, she does, she says to the like program director that this is the place that her grandmother would pay for. And if she completes X amount of days, she gets rent and Ugg boots. Yeah. That was funny. I, I, I don't know that I believe that whole story though. She's yeah. yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, sorry. Continue. No, that was, that was it. I just don't believe that. I think she, it, I think this was her choice. I, I totally agree with you. I think that, I think that that's like kind of, you know, like I, I so much I think of what Jessa does is a mask and is like a cover up for, mm-hmm. you know, what Hannah says is like a well of loneliness and sadness within her. The inevitable problem, right. Is that she doesn't actually like, deal with it she keeps she keeps inventing new escapes and i like i love her confrontation with the with the program lady at the end where she's like are you a sociopath like a method actor like who's (laughs) getting ready for a role like what the fuck is wrong with you she has that line where she says like you know the more i get to know you the more you don't make sense to me yes and that's totally true about jessa yeah and she so to go sorry so in the group she says do you want me to cry because and then she goes on to say like a bunch of like really awful stuff that's all true about how her mother and father behave and treated her and what her childhood was like and then she says heroin is really fun and i think that 
the idea is not that like you have to cry or be sad or you need to feel those things in a certain way, but you need to at least like confront them and take responsibility for them. And like the things that she says about Laura, where she's like, you're being whiny and blaming it on this pot meat kettle, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. She has a male ban. I like her sign. Uh, she says she's made some really ugly friends. So it's been good for her. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we get Hannah um, having, are they Dylan's candy bar? Yeah, they're at Dylan's candy bar. So she's with her editor, publisher, man. And um, we get some you know helpful exposition about what's transpired with the book and what's happened between them, between um, season two ending and season three beginning. And you were right, because she, if she just was upfront with him, it would have been fine. And guess what happened? Exactly that. Yes. And so they're clearly, you know, collaborating and he seems really happy with um, the pages that he's gotten from her. Um, he wants to launch the first chapter. And she said any dot com would be great. He asks, he says, you know, it's going to be demanding and asks if she's up for it. And I think it's a good question. And she says she's yeah. good and means it. Um, and then there's a pretty funny exchange of like, oh, have you ever seen? Okay. Have you ever seen this? It's a Japanese game show. It's I think I think it's the origination of like, is it cake? This mm -hmm. it's a Japanese game show about like, is it chocolate? Mm -hmm. And it's I a, haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where um they have to like decide if they're going to bite into something or not. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them is like, it's like a table, it, uh, like a, like a, a shoe. Yes, 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 yes. And it's literally like a man just like biting <laughs> into a boot. <laughs> and um, it just like really reminds me. I love me of those that. kinds of shows. Yeah. They're really funny. Cut to Bob Balaban. We're back with this like <laughs> inappropriate therapist. Yeah. He's really not good. <laughs> it's just so funny though. Like, I don't care. It's yeah. like <laughs> terrible. Like, I, <laughs> I would love to know, like, I do want to know why he was asking certain questions. Like, like, what does he There's smell? There's no answer. Paper mache? Like, she's like, is this important? He's like, it could be very important. <laughs> it could be extremely important. <laughs> so this is an interesting, so, you know, like I said about sort of like truth bombs from minor characters, Natalia says like all that horrible stuff about Adam and she's not wrong about it. But what she is missing and what she's probably like jealous of is he also has this like other side to him that, you know, cares for Hannah as she's about to talk about and mm -hmm. that he kind of like picks up the puzzle pieces like of her life and like keeps the like keeps the trains running in a way. And, you know, like we saw in the opening scene, like spoons her. And then at the end of this episode, they have like very like intimate sex there's sort of like a meme where it's like one one girl's like fuck boy is another person's husband um mm. which is a, one of those reasons like i really don't like those um are we dating the same guy groups because i think they just transpire into like oh he ghosted me it's like okay so did i but anyway i think to your point like the difference in personality with natalia and hannah they need different things from adam Yes. So Hannah needs Adam to be the stable one. Natalia is totally stable. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need Adam for that. So he defaults to his most destructive and childlike with yes. her. Yeah, I see that. And I think that I'm conflicted. I, I get conflicted because 
So she's in talking to the therapist. He asks what a, he asks what her stressors are, and she says money. Adam doesn't contribute that much. He sells. He gets something from his grandma and then sells paper mache when he can. But he's not a traditional person and can't just be slotted into a job. He takes care of me, etc. And you know he makes sure I do my medication. He does this very calming chant, and that's when the therapist says, "I used I could to use a calming chant to yeah. be honest." Oh my god, same. I would like to know this chant. He said, "Chanting has gotten me through an awful lot of things." An awful lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Um, Didn't it start? He's like, I have a chant. Yeah, yeah. It helps a lot. And then she asks, what, what's your chant? He goes, it's very private. <laughs> it's very personal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm conflicted. Because, like, on the one hand, I do believe it's okay to... I am not of the mind of sort of independence above all. You don't need no man. da 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 Like, I do think you should, like, need your partner. And I don't think you should need them to save you or rescue you. And, like, that's the tension I experience with Hannah, where Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to depend on your partner, to count on them, to need them to do certain things with you, to mesh your lives together and, like, be effective in a relationship. But I, I get concerned that she like wouldn't be able to maintain this stuff on her own. And then also that, you know, when is, when is this from Adam going to run out? I think that's, that's on, you know, you hit it on its head. She's going to have to learn how to take care of her core needs. And it's fine to have a partner who can take the load off of you, but you still have to be able to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole thing, like the, in the asylum, like when he gives her her meds and then checks under her tongue, that's like, I think that that was like, I have to assume that was like a little game that like, I don't, I think so. I don't know that he, I don't think he truly believes she's like (laughs) spitting meds for sure. For sure. But I do think there is a little bit of a nod to this is what they do in the mental hospital. Absolutely. Yes. That's definitely, it's definitely a reference. And also people who aren't crazy do that. I did have to take care of a family member and we had to make sure she took her medicine. And, you know, I would find pills on the side. I'm like, oh, she's pretending. So, you know, this really does happen. Yeah. It's so insane. Wild. God. We'll see how that all, you know, spins along. But um, we cut. So we cut back to Jess and rehab. And I wanted to, sorry, I meant to do this before we started. I, this, this girl's in, um, the girl who plays Laura Orange is, is in the Orange Black. is the New Black, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's really good in Orange is the New Black. I've actually never seen it. Oh, it was a good show. And then it like goes totally off the rails. Yeah. I mean, as with lots of things. Yeah. So played by Danielle Brooks is our Laura character, also known as Tasty from Orange is the New Black. And so she's she reveals that she was molested by her uncle. And that is um, in part why she did she say she huffs lighter fluid? Something like huffs paint. What was it? Okay, I forgot to write down the exact um, the exact substance. And Jessa accuses her of being whiny and saying that she's blaming her behavior on being molested by her uncle and then calls her out for being a lesbian um, because she did not enjoy having sex with her boyfriend, even though he was a hockey player and because of her vest. Which is a little funny <laughs> because of her fest. So insensitive and it's horrible. So bad. The like 
the forced, like, let's stick with her for a second because I think that it's like a little, it's too connected, I think. So where she has a, she has a cigarette with this British man that I thought she was females only. How did she, like, how is she having this like clandestine conversation? I don't know, but this is obviously a stand in for her father, right? She craves an, um, an emotional connection with an older man who also has a British accent. Yeah. You know, this is going to be her, this is sort of her pattern where she kind of like, I see why she ends up in these loops because she really does like give off a very like sexual energy, mm-hmm. I think. And mm-hmm. that doesn't give anyone like the right to make a move on her. But I think from like the moment we hear like with Laura, I think the moment she does, she, you know, forces her out of the closet. We know she's going to fucking make a move on her. Oh yeah. And so like, there is this like conflict and then next episode where he is like, we made eye contact and like you revealed like that was an express <laughs> saying like acknowledgement that we were going to fuck. Well, okay. So the thing is, is that when you meet him, you think, uh Oh yes. But then throughout this first episode, he's seemingly there for her and is a stable father esque figure to her. Yeah. And so at the end of the first episode, you think, well, this man is probably the reason that she's been able to like hang on in this rehab experience. Cause nothing else is really garnering her respect like this crazy dude. Yeah. And then of course that totally falls apart in the next episode, but for this episode, at least you feel like he's a stable influence for her. Agreed. And let's focus in on a couple of the things he says that I think are valuable. So He says, you need to learn the difference between when honesty is righteous and when honesty is a party trick. I think that that is really fucking true. (laughs) That Jessa just like completely is just delusional in that she views herself as like helpful and generous. She's not Robin Hood. No one's asking her to go on a crusade and steal from the rich to give to the poor. Like what she's doing is not a righteous cause. Absolutely not. But she's convinced herself that it is and that everyone else but her is avoiding reality. That everyone else but her needs this dose that she can give them of. Oh, my God. You know, where she says, like, I cut through all the bullshit and didn't, you know, make her like it just like we didn't spend, you know, X amount of weeks hemming and hawing. Like, I just got to the reality. And he also says people need to come to things in their own time, which I think is obviously also true. Mm -hmm. And then they say the word daddy way too much. That's all I wrote there. And I think he says like another insight, they have another insightful exchange in this conversation, which is, he says, I think you're somebody who's had a lot of experiences and she says, I've had fun. And he said, but it wasn't always fun. Was it? Mm. And I think that's really fucking true. Yeah. And we're back to this idea of like collecting experiences, right? Like Hannah is looking for these things to collect these stories. And Jessa has them and it hasn't really put her in a good place in her life. No, she's not like an odd thing. Yeah. She's not like happier or better for it at all. She, so she goes to Laura and Laura confesses that Jessa was right about her. And one of the reasons she doesn't like to share it is because she's afraid she's going to be asked to do sports. (laughs) This was a strange little dialogue. Yeah. I thought it was amusing. I did too. I thought it was quite funny. And then, again, just sticking with Jessa to bring it all home. Cut to her, obviously. So, yeah. So, we kind of end that scene on a little bit of a cliffhanger in that um, she says, 
have you ever kissed a girl? And we all know what's going to happen where we're going Uh-oh. from here. And cut to Jess's going down on her and somebody um, opens the door and says, this is getting logged. And but then they like, don't stop. They keep going. Yeah. She gets kicked out of rehab. And this is, this is the conversation we talked about earlier where um, the woman is asking like, are you a sociopath or a method actor? <laughs> and like, I think it's really true where like she does, she really does things and has absolutely no concept for the consequences, both to herself and others. Like she just doesn't think it through at all. Also, there was a weird thing where when she was talking to Laura, she kept saying like, you're just mad because you, your uncle fucked you. And she kept saying it like that instead of just like her uncle molested her and sexually assaulted her like that. I don't know. I, I feel like that is projecting a little bit. And what it makes me think about is like, oh, obviously stuff like that has happened to Jessa too, but she's in this like, so like she puts herself in opposition of victimhood. Mm -hmm. So that's like that piece of it. it, it, It's like another brick in the sadness tower that is Jessa. Yeah, no, totally. And I think she like... Do we think that story about her uncle and AIDS is real? Probably. I don't know. I, I have no idea what's real and what's not. Yeah. Her. It's hard to say. And like, let's, you know, let's say it's real. Like, I we have no reason to, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't know that she is shown ever to be a liar so much as somebody who uses disclosure to her, like, to strategic aims more so. And so... To me, it like reminds me of um, like, I don't know, you probably didn't watch this trashy show um, because you're not a garbage reality person. Um, That's not true. I just pick different garbage reality (laughs) than you. Um, On (laughs) season one of F-Boy Island, which is like the best season of that show. It's so good. Um, I never watched that. Oh my God, it's so good. (laughs) This guy who is an F-Boy and he's kind of like courting this girl. One of the ways in which he does it is he like strategically kind of like drops trauma and Mm -hmm. that makes her feel very close to him. And like, well, he can't be an F boy. He's kind of revealing these like emotional things about himself and whatever. Mm -hmm. And Jessa uses this disclosure about her uncle. Like she's like my, um, you know, I never had an uncle touch me, but I did have a weird uncle who like told me he had AIDS. And I do think she, she uses things like that to, garner forgiveness instead of like owning up to what she did and like honestly it's parallel to her saying to hannah like i like your haircut it's like it's it's like a like it's not flattery in this case because like that's not exactly what it is but like it's like a vulnerability shortcut yeah exactly that's really well said i like that a lot actually but yeah so that's where she's at getting kicked out of rehab and we'll you know pick up there shortly but so going back to hannah she she and Adam are sitting across from each other um, at home and she's discussing plans for hosting a dinner party. Again, um, I think this is kind of in the same way the episodes start the same with her being spooned by whoever her roommate of the season is. This is very, this is kind of in contrast to Elijah. Remember when they were planning for a party. Right. And it looked, it was a very different conversation and I'm not saying it has to be the same, but it's, it's very funny to me that, so at so quickly. So Adam says he doesn't want to do this. That he doesn't. He, that like usually somebody bails whenever it comes to these friends hanging out. And like 
wouldn't she rather just go to have dinner with them separately and come home to him being happy in a good mood? And they have this sort of dispute as over whether or not like he has to hang out with her friends and why and like why that's important or a value in a relationship. And as I was watching it, I said to myself, I was like, this is why I couldn't date Adam. As if there aren't a million other reasons. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Where do you land on the side of like the partner hanging with your friends? I certainly don't think that it needs to be all the time. If it mm. would. And honestly, because I, I also think that's like a disservice to the friend where mm-hmm. I think it's like very challenging when, you know, you ask for, you know, like, I would love to catch up with you, girlfriend of mine. And they're always bringing their partner, you know, like, I'm sure you've experienced that. I've become the person I hate, hated. Oh my God, that's not true. I I bring, I bring my person around with me all the time. You do not. That is definitely not true. You visited me solo (laughs) multiple times. (laughs) But then I think like, in theory, like you love your partner, you love your friends and like, they don't need to become best friends, but like. Yeah. You want to live in a world where like they can all get along and hang out and spend time together. And it's like, if you invite your people over, you don't want your partner to feel like they have to like run away or like don't want to be a part of it. Or like, I don't know. I don't know. I just find it very strange. But I agree. I, I feel like if you're dating someone. So this is always what was weird to me as a person who was single throughout most of my 20s. I always thought it was weird when people's partners did not mesh with their friend group because I thought Who's the common person in this? It's the person who, with the relationship and with the friends. Yes. If there is such a mismatch in terms of like how everyone's gelling together, that to me is a red flag about the person. How are they acting so differently between these two groups? Like, what is the deal? And I haven't had this in my life. Like, not, I've only really dated one person. So my sample size is not big, but you know, I, I feel like everyone gets along. To your point, they're not going to be hanging out by themselves. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And they don't have to me when there's so much drama. I agree. And it's one of those things where it's like, I like something that's actually been really nice is and I actually a friend of mine said this when um, over like a Friendsgiving last year, he said, I genuinely like everyone collectively and individually in this group. And I think like, that's like really That's really true. And I think it's a testament to like all of us kind of behaving consistently across our friends and partners where, you know, I'm friends with Anna and Ian as a couple. And then also like Anna doesn't like sports. I like sports. And so sometimes Ian will want to go to a game and Anna will be like, please take Rourke. Do not take me. (laughs) Like, I do not want (laughs) to go. That's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. That's a win-win. And so um, like there are exactly what you said that that this it shows that you kind of choose consistently. And I think the problem is like, not only is Adam odd, I do think like Hannah's friendships are odd. There's a kind of, there is like a valid question of like, are these people really your friends? Like I, the way they treat each other sometimes is just absolute psychosis. And like, I I do think in your, like viewing this in your twenties versus thirties, a big difference I experience is in my twenties, I really felt like, you fucking fight for your friendships. Like you make this work. Like you find a way to yeah. like recalibrate and like get back in there with each other and like da 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 da. Like you have all this history. And now in my 30s, I'm like, hit the reset. Maybe you guys yeah. should not be friends. Yeah, I for sure feel that way in watching this. <laughs> like some things you could let go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that line again, this question we've asked ourselves throughout this rewatch 
Are these people really friends? And I go back and forth, but I thought this after watching this and then the next episode, I kept thinking these conversations are like sibling conversations. They're like family conversations. They're not friends conversations. Yes. And like, I feel like I have intimate female friendships that I really value. And like, I don't think we ever like speak this way to each other. And I guess no. it, it's, it's art, it's heightened. It's not, you know, it's not meant to perfectly yes, represent yeah. life. But yeah, it is. And I think we you've said that before about like, the physical intimacy, the kind of the fights they're willing to have, like they, 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 they behave like siblings with each other. He said, he makes the argument, I don't make you hang out with my friends. And she says, well, you don't have any friends. And he said, that's just fucking rude. <laughs> he doesn't have friends. That's though. true. Well, he yeah. Does, he has but... Ray, I guess. Right. Or no, they're not really friends. Or maybe what about those now? girls he was clubbing with? I was thinking about them too. What was her name? T-Bone? Or oh, who oh Taco. Ta- it was Taco. Oh, taco with a K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Sure you hear when you're pronouncing it with a C. To me, I also think this is a little bit of a overcorrection probably from Natalia, where yeah. I think he was just consistently on kind of like best relationship behavior, you know, going to the engagement party, do yada, yada, yada. And he's like, nope. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not conforming to be anyone but purely myself. And I don't think you can. And to to be fair to Hannah, I don't think you can have that stance in a relationship. Like You are no longer an island. Like you are responsible to somebody else. I don't believe people like really change. And so if he like that, that's kind of what I'm saying about like, if this is his stance and he's saying like, this is who I am and I'm not changing. Like that's we got some dice here. We've got some problems. Mm hmm. Cut to the dinner party. Shosh explains her work hard, play hard mentality. And Hannah says it sounds smart and strong and feminist. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Shosh is entering her Delulu era. Yeah. he's, And I think it's Adam who says it's a terrible idea to avoid love and feelings. Right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. So this this was like there were a lot of truth bombs that came out of this dinner party. At the same time, while I was launching it, I could not pay attention to the to the dialogue. I don't know what it was. I had to rewind I this just scene kept, a couple times. I just I kept zoning out. I just was not engaged. Yeah, I'm totally with you because I do think part of this again. I kind of get back to stepping away from like purely creative decisions. Like they had to they had to explain Charlie's absence here. And this was like their mechanism. And I don't know, like when you're kind of like forced to do those things, I just don't think it ends up in kind of like the most interesting content. So she has, and like, I like, I do like this like crazy theory because I totally relate to this where it's like, you come up with like a crazy explanation in your head as to why somebody ghosted you or like what's really going on for them and whatever. Mm -hmm. And she says, so Marnie is, you know, despondent and she says that she just thinks Charlie's going to appear at a hospital in a month, show up randomly, and it's going to turn out that he had a tumor that made him make like horrible choices, like the man that was a pedophile. <laughs> and then once it gets removed, <laughs> he'll be back to normal. Oh, God. I, this, I really find that I enjoy Marnie as a character the most when she's feeling very dejected and depressed. I don't know what it is. I find her the easiest to handle in this in this headspace. Totally. When she's high on her own supply, she's not a good person to be no. around. No, no. This is like great Marty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Adam, of course, has to say, I don't think so. I saw him. <laughs> and definitely not downtown or wherever. I, yeah, she goes, like- um, and she's like, well, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, we're not really friends. <laughs> 
it, yeah. it went totally fair. And then, so, so of course she turns to Hannah, did you know? And he goes, no, he did not tell me that he saw Charlie on Bedford Avenue. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's discuss for a second. If somebody saw your ex, do you think they should tell you? If I am in like Crazyville, USA, like mind space, no, don't tell me. If I am well adjusted and it's like a funny story, tell me. Yeah. I think that's a good distinction. I would also say like, how crazy was the interaction? You know, like, yeah. did you see him? Because like, Is it he- a good story? Like, was he feeding pigeons off of, you know, a unicycle in Bryant Park? Like, I don't know. Totally. That- and Did I also you just think, see him walking with a cute girl. No, no, thank you. Don't tell me that. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say also, like, does the story like hurt or help? Like you said, she's just not in a headspace to hear about him, period. So this is a terrible idea. But I'm sure Charlie definitely didn't see through uh, Adam saying she's got a new job and a new boyfriend from Spain. <laughs> um, I'm sure that was very realistic. And she asks, did it seem like he had a girlfriend? Luckily, that is no one really answers that. She cries, takes like a bite of a taco and lets it dribble out of her mouth. But also also kind of explains that this was essentially a ghosting, I guess, where she says, we bought the ingredients to make grilled pizzas and he just left me. It makes no sense. Indeed, that makes no sense. Yeah, that's tough. Shit happens, girl. She says, cheers to your book, Hannah. And Hannah says, this is not the time to talk about my incredibly exciting professional endeavor. Which gave me the same energy as um, with the diary as when she said, like, but if it wasn't about you, (laughs) would it be a good story? Totally. (laughs) How would you say it was written? And then, um, like I said, so she and she, the dinner party ends. She and Adam, like I said, have kind of like intimate sex. Like they're like facing each other. There's no like gross, dirty talk. And then. She kind of recaps the dinner. She says she feels like it was really successful. He was so sweet to Marnie. Oh, yeah. Wait, I don't want to skip over that. Sorry. I forgot about that. After the exchange where Adam is like being a cult leader. Yes. uh, Inviting you followers to join his posse. Yeah. He tells Marnie a story about a girl that he dated. She was both Colombian and went to Colombia. She left him. She disappeared. He describes in great detail their sexual encounters. And it's like kind of romantic. And Tiana says, I'm not a very jealous person by nature, but I hate this story. (laughs) And he concludes, even though we had those experiences together, I didn't know her and she didn't know me. And really knowing someone is something else. And when it happens, you can't miss it. And that's like one of those things where it's like when you are really in love with someone, like you hear that, you hear them saying that and are like, oh, this is how they must feel about me or like this is how I feel about them. And I just wonder, like, is he talking about Hannah here? I don't know. I took it that he was talking about Hannah. I hope so. But maybe I'm too naive. No, I I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, especially with the second episode where Shosh kind of um, makes the comment about his friends and he's like, she is my best friend. Like, I I do think. Yeah. So he's consistently said that. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know if that like we don't really see Marnie's reaction much more than it seems to connect with her in some way. And she seems to hear it. But um, yeah, so that's what Hannah's talking about when she says you were so sweet to Marnie. And I just feel like I know you no matter what your crazy ex says, which like eh, maybe leave her out of it. This is where I think like this is what I could like tolerate with a partner, I suppose, where he says, like, I don't want to see your friends for three months. That's too long. Like I said, I don't think a person needs to like want to have girl time all the time with like you and your gal pals. I think everything he says is an exaggeration, but I think what was nice is he tried. Yes. He really 
tried in their dinner party. And I don't know if you were dating not Adam Driver and not the romanticized version of Adam. But if you were dating a red flag like Adam, wouldn't you sparingly bring him around? Like you bring him around to show that he's like alive and well, but like you wouldn't be bringing him out all the time. Right. I mean, totally. Yeah. And I that I have been in that relationship, a relationship like that. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) And so then we get our cliffhanger ending where Jessa calls and reveals that she's in rehab. I do like Hannah, like lecturing her. I think Hannah's interactions with Jessa show some growth on Hannah's part. Jessa reveals she's in rehab and needs Hannah to come get her, which as it turns out is a lie. But Hannah asks Adam, how old do you have to be to rent a car? And the episode <laughs> cuts to black. Oh, let's see. Thinking about the whole episode and knowing that it was sort of a double feature, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For me, the cuckoo bananas moment is definitely the run in with Natalia, like saying that out loud in a coffee shop, even though I admire the crazy is still crazy to me. Yeah, I think that's like the most it's certainly the most unrealistic. I think for me, the cuckoo bananas moment is Jessa outing Danielle Brooks. Oh, forget it. I I (laughs) retract. That is crazy to me. Like her whole exchange in group therapy. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. I mean, we. Can, I think it's good. We can have there. There can be different things. No, I mean, she Jess is so crazy. It's normalized in my head watching her. But yeah. objectively, like that is an insane approach to group therapy. Yeah, it's wrong. Um, I did like her one scrunchy joke. I, as someone who's wearing a scrunchie right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a moment again. Yeah, they really are. I mean, yeah, that yeah. came back around. But yeah, so I would say like a, like a B, like a B level start. But I think it can yeah. be hard to get things up and running. So I'll give, I'll give, you know, some gentle uh, space to improve. Yes. Agreed. Well, great. I will see you next week. And uh, to the, you know, to the listeners, this is now a week delayed, but um, it's Sarah Beth's birthday. So feel free to email her. Happy birthday. Beer, 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 beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and see you in a week. All right. See you then.